20 for the People, a podcast that harnesses the power of personal stories and shares meaningful work in 24 minutes. I'm your host, Sophia Sogolovsky, and this episode features Generous Coffee, a for-profit company that was started by Riley Fuller, Drew Scholl, and Ben Higgins. Today, you'll be hearing directly from Ben. I know you've probably heard of Ben from The Bachelor, but he's used that platform to catapult himself to make a greater difference and to reach a wider audience in spreading the mission of Generous. That being to give back to communities through jobs, widespread education, and a deeper understanding of one another. During this episode, we talk all things Generous, the power of personal experiences, falling in love with your calling, and what's on the horizon for Generous International. We're also doing a free giveaway at the end, so listen through. Plus, save 10% off your order on generousmovement.com by using the code 24thepeople. And without further ado, here's Ben. My name is Ben Higgins. I'm probably best known for my time on The Bachelor. And that was really kind of, I did The Bachelor when I was 26 years old. And that was a stepping stone for me to see the world in the way I've never seen it before and get to experience things that I never got to experience before. I come from a small town in Indiana. You know, my worldview is very uh, very small, but yet it was unique because the town I grew up in is kind of utopian. And so being on The Bachelor really helped me see the world uh, in a different light. And that's not what I do today. Today, I operate a company called Generous International. We import goods from the developing world with stories behind them, mostly coffee and t-shirts. We sell those here in the States and then donate our profits which profits is ambiguous. So if we really want to get in the details, it's 10 to 15% of our revenue each quarter to organizations or nonprofits that are doing some type of good in the world. That's kind of me in a nutshell. There's more, you know, I'm on the board of Humane and Hope United. I work for iHeartRadio as well. So those three things are my, my nest egg right now. And podcasts are also one of the things that you invest a lot of time in, which is great to get your message out. Yeah. The, you know, I think in today's world, it's such a cool idea that we can just sit and talk as humans without any agenda um, and just to hear from each other and speak with each other. And a podcast is such a good format to do it. I just think the podcast world has a ton of legs because when authenticity and genuineness is brought to these things, I think huge impacts can be made. So yeah, I'm, I'm, there's no time limit on podcasts. We could speak for two hours a day and you just have a lot of editing to do, but that's it. Another thing about them is they're perfect for your commute to and from work. So easy for you to learn something new and a great way to spread knowledge. Can you talk about how you acquired Generous International? 15 years ago, a buddy and I went to Honduras together. I saw poverty for the first time. I saw people lacking clean water for the first time. I saw people starving for the first time. And as a Christian, it just made me really angry because I didn't get it. It didn't fit my idea of God. It didn't fit my idea for life. And coming from Indiana in a great home, th- that world was foreign to me, completely foreign in so many ways. And, and I wasn't smart enough to process what I was feeling. I was just angry. My buddy, who's named Riley Fuller, came back home. He was smart enough and he's five years older than me. And he said, I have something that I think could work. What if instead of going into these communities and just pretty much doing poverty tourism, uh, what if instead of going to these communities and showing up and playing soccer just for a couple hours, what if we sat with them and said, what do you need? What do you want? What do you desire? What do you dream of? And instead of just leaving then, we actually help them accomplish those things. And so instead of just giving them things for free, hand giving handouts, and we built relationships with them to never give them anything, but to help them get from point A to point B or to where they desire. I was like, I think that could work, but I didn't know for sure. 
And 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 this this all will make sense on how it gets the generous here. I promise. But he went down, then purchased a Chile farm, started growing chiles, employed the people in the communities. The money that they made from selling the chiles in Honduras then went to pay these people who are working in the field. Then once they had money for that, which was above fair wages, uh, we paid them well. They could then invest in healthcare, education, clean water, those things. It's a process. Well, two years ago, um, we grew as an organization from about $50,000 in annual fundraising to a half million. Uh, We adopted a bunch of new communities. This kind of model was working. One of the things that we ran into, though, is how do we continue to sustain our fundraising? And then if we cannot sustain our fundraising, it's going to be a detriment to the people who have been working with. So Riley, uh, myself, and our third founder, Drew Scholl, met together with this dilemma, and we came up with Generous International. So Generous International was born from the idea that we want to be the engine. Generous wants to be the engine to fuel these organizations, to fuel these nonprofits, to be the sustainable fundraising source for these nonprofits so they can go out and do what they they dream of doing. They can still do their work. Exactly. They can focus on their mission and we can focus on how to get them money to do their mission. We uh, we started a company not really knowing what we were going to sell, but then we started figuring out that coffee fit everything we dreamed of. So it's grown all over the world. It's widely consumed. And we thought we could we could really create maybe not a coffee company, but a storytelling company to say, you're going to drink coffee anyways. Why not drink the best coffee in the world? It is specialty grade. So it's single origin. It's traceable. Why not drink the best coffee in the world for much not much more than you'd spend at a grocery store, if anything more. And it's going to go back to people in need. Like it's actually going to go back to people in need. Like you can right. tangibly see it. So, so then our t-shirts are made in Haiti by single mothers who are then paid 15 bucks an hour plus retirement plans, uh, full benefits, healthcare. As generous, we try to be the connecting point for all these companies doing really good things in the world to then sell our products and just keep these organizations that are actually doing what they say they're doing afloat. You said that you went to Honduras and I actually, so freshman year of college, I went there for a medical brigade. And mm-hmm. like you you know, had a similar takeaway, I was amazed by how polluted the water was. And one of the things that I will never forget are the people who I met and the stories that they shared. Who have you met along your journey who's really stuck out to you or perhaps had a story that really resonated with you and that further drives the work that you're doing? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think there's this uh, unexplainable joy that people in Honduras have. And I know I know they're they're hurting and I know that life is hard, and but they still share this joy and this anytime that we go. They welcome us in. They want to feed us. They want to talk to us. There's that aspect to it that the Honduran people are really, geez. I mean, I think when you just intentionally take time to really get to know a lot of people, you're going to realize that people have stories to share. And when you actually start hearing their stories, they make a lot more sense and you can love them a lot more too. So that's like a very like holistic answer. And then the two one-off scenarios that I can remember, my very first trip 15 years ago, I was playing soccer all day in the community. And I was getting ready to leave and these little boys like started grabbing on my legs. They're like, don't go, don't go, please don't go. And they were screaming and like, don't go. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, why do you, I mean, we've played all day long and like, I haven't offered you anything more than the fact that I'm really bad at soccer. And (laughs) they, my leader of the trip spoke some really wise words into me. He said, Hey Ben, for you, this doesn't make sense. You know, you're down here. You're playing with these kids. It's fun for you, whatever. For these kids, this will be a day they remember for the rest of their lives because somebody from the United States, and this is coming from a place of responsibility and not privilege, hopefully. The people from the United States came down to their community 
and just hung out with him for a day. And for them, they've heard stories of this. They've heard rumors of this. They picture you of being this like untouchable figure and for you to give up your day. And I thought, and and it hit me as like, well, like I know who I am. And if this is one of the best days of their life, I want to do something. So this day is just another day and a list of amazing opportunities they have. And so that was my first. That's the moment that I realized that we have a responsibility as people in the U.S. And that responsibility is to to care for all. And then my second piece was uh, recently, two years ago, I got a really bad parasite in Honduras. And it was with me for nine months. I lost 30 pounds. It was eating through my side. It was a really bad situation. And um, I got it in a community called... This was a recent trip that you did there? Yeah, that was... uh, Actually, uh, ironically, it was the trip in September before I started filming The Bachelor. And so through the whole show, I was brutally sick and nobody knew why. They blamed it on nerves. They blamed it on stress. I found out it was a parasite I had gotten from dirty water. And uh, when I went back down then on my next trip, the same community that I got the parasite from had just gotten a recent water tank put in for clean water. And I sat down with one of the women that uh, I really love and she has a family of four I just asked her, like, what's this new water tank been doing for you all? And she, you know, a lot of times the people in Honduras push everything off to their kids, the attention of their kids. Oh, my kids love it. But this lady looks at me in the eyes because for the first time in 35 years, I don't wake up with a stomachache. Wow. It just allowed me to see that my parasite that like destroyed me was something that for 35 years she was fighting through. I think those personal stories are so important and they just stay with you forever. Is Generous International going to expand beyond coffee to encompass other products? I know that you're doing shirts in Haiti, like you mentioned, but what else is on the horizon and what are some of your your goals? Yeah, definitely. Well, yes, we do want to. We've had a lot of recent success in the coffee world. From a business side, we, we're doing a subscription program so that people can subscribe so we know cash flow each month um, and then coffee shows up to your door whenever you need it. That's been big for us. And so the co- that kind of concept has been, you know, something that's not foreign. It's not super creative, but it's something that's worked for us. And I don't want to dilute the generous message by adding a thousand products in. And so we've kind of now gone with the strategy of building the business, which was not expected at first, building the business off of coffee. But this is the key thing that I think is going to be huge. I think it's going to be awesome. I think, I think this concept could possibly be the thing that would change our movement for the better. So it's called Generous Adventures. And it's we're taking our first... Well, we've done one trip. We'll take our second trip in February of next year. But it's taking people from all over the world to the places that we're growing the coffee, to meet the producers, to meet the farmers, and then taking them from there to the communities that are being benefited from our investment into the coffee or from their purchase of the coffee. And so they're seeing the whole thing tangibly in front of them. One day, uh, you know, it's easy for us right now to just go to Honduras in Guatemala because we have connections on there. But I would love for Generous Adventures to expand to Kenya and Ethiopia and, and Malawi, where we're getting our coffee from as well. Um, but it's going to take people there to see the farms, see how coffee is produced, to see how it's the, the just detailed process of getting one bean to your cup. And then from there, we want to take people to see and view the communities that uh, the, the money is going towards. Because one of the missions with Generous, and if you ask right now, hey, Ben, can I see your books? You're a for-profit, privately held company. Can I see your books? I would say, yes, a thousand percent. I'll send them over. Vulnerability, transparency is exactly what we want to always stand on. Like we don't, we want this to be about everybody. It, we're, we will never be successful. Coffee is a very saturated world. 
unless we tell stories better than everybody else, we impact stories better than everybody else, and we're more transparent and authentic than everybody else. And it's essential for the trust factor too, because if people know that what they're buying yep. into has purpose in someone else's life, then they're, they're going to be more inclined to do so. Exactly. And then hopefully, and this is our goal with anybody, would be they become ambassadors for Jenner. So they would go out and tell their friends and their family, hey, you know, you know you're not going to sacrifice anything by drinking Jenner's coffee. And in fact, I bet it's better than the coffee you're drinking today. And I've seen it. I've been there. I know the impact. Start buying Generous. It's worth it. And it's a small thing you can do to have a huge impact in other people's lives. So that's the that's what 2019 looks like for us. Will you be able to see Generous in Starbucks or Pete's? Where can people find your product? 100%. That's a great question. So you can go to GenerousCoffee.com. Then we are opening up our first shop in uh, Colorado. And uh, we'll expand that model to hopefully two more spots uh, by the end of 2019. You know, where you could buy it mostly though is online. So part of that is I am a volunteer. So I am the president and CEO of Generous, but I am a volunteer, thankfully, because some of the other things that I've been able to be a part of help me stay afloat and help bring in my, the, the, my income. And I'm hoping that's always the case. I'm hoping that life brings me opportunities that Generous is always my full-time job. It's what I wake up and do every day, but I have a, the ability to do other things to complement that. And so we only have one paid employee. We have 40 volunteers. Part of this is continuing to expand the model of putting coffee shops up to create a revenue stream, to continue to allow more opportunity for people to volunteer, for maybe to hire a couple more people to help expand this mission, but that it's always volunteer-led and operated um, by myself. That's the dream. That would be awesome. Got it. You mentioned at the beginning, you started getting into the public eye because of The Bachelor. So I wanted to ask you a love-related question, if you're okay with that. Definitely. Have you fallen in love with the work that you're doing for Generous Coffee? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. I will tell you one thing. I just spoke to um, one of our employees today. I had asked her to answer a simple question of what does she think she brings the best to Generous? Like, how does Generous benefit the most from having her a part of the team? And her answer to me was something just absolutely awesome. It was that she passionately cares about the one. So yes, we want to make a movement. And she said the one thing she never wants to get up, give up is still the ability to look one person in the eye and say, I care about you too. Like you're known, you're a part of this, you're important. And I was listening to that and I was like, that's why I love this. I'm in love. Like it's work still at times. It drags at times. It's hard at times. But what this has became to me is a passion, um, a love something I believe in. And I think love is is best recognized when you say, I'm never going to give up on you. Like, no matter what, I will never give up on you. And I'll yeah. never give up on Generous. I, it, even if one day we have to say this is done, this was over, the idea of Generous, the passion behind Generous will never be forgotten. That will always be with me. And, and I just hope that Generous as a brand can be what I die doing one day and say that I never had to give it up. Well, I don't think you will have to because it's got quite a bit of momentum going behind it. How do you balance some of those other aspects? This is also along the lines of love, but when you're putting all of your effort into a startup or into a company, how do you balance relationships and some of the other aspects and all of the other things that you do? That's a great question. One that I'm struggling with. When we started Generous, it was an idea that we wanted to do $70,000 in sales in the first year. We did that very quickly. We didn't even have a website yet. We were pushing people to like, some janky like GoFundMe page and then we would sell them <laughs> coffee if they sent us their emails and addresses. I mean, it was bad. And we just blew up. 
which I'm so happy about. But in the world that you're operating in and you're around a bunch of leaders, you're around some of the people who have literally led the nation is one of the things that I think is the best thing about a leader is they never stop learning. And I, and I think I did do it right is I said, I am not ready for this. I can't do this. So I'm going to ride the wave. People yeah. joined on and said, I want to help. I believe in this they too. They believed in the cause. Yes. And so we just kind of rode this wave and we started building the foundations and building the processes and the principles to make us a company, make us successful. But the one thing I've learned about a startup, it is incredibly time consuming. I cared about it and I was passionate about it. So I enjoyed it. But there was nights at 1130, 12 o'clock at night that I'd worked all day that I was just tired. And now that I'm looking back on that season of life, there's a couple, I think, things if, if, I'm ask, if you're asking me for advice that I would, I would do. Surround yourself yeah. with really passionate people as well. Communicate your issues and your struggles as open and honest as you can. Be vulnerable. Don't be scared of that. And if there's somebody that's on your team that is going to criticize you for that vulnerability, they no longer can be a part of your team. Like that's, that's maybe the key element of generous is, is when a, an employee is struggling, they have the ability to come into my office and say, Hey, I need help. It's your community. Exactly. You, you want to be, you want to see this successful. You're, you're just as much a part of this as anybody else. And we want to share that. Um, and the, and the second goes to that transparency that you were talking about both hundred percent and on the company, but within a company itself, in order to function to the best of its ability, you have to have transparency and communication among, among employees. Exactly. And then when you can do that, um, and you can do that well, you're going to get a lot of people really fired up because the, at the essence, people really care about good things. There's a lot of people out there that really want to see the world become a better place. And when you can show them that, hey, we might not have the perfect idea, we might not have the end all be all idea, but we have an idea that could work. And if you share that, I think they're going to be fired up. And my final piece is this. When I took over Generous, I didn't know what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. We're, we're fixing things as we go. and We're trying really hard at it. But the one thing that uh, I've realized is for me to be the best leader for this organization, to communicate patiently, to keep a level head, to continue to be passionate, I have to be the best version of myself. Part of my work, part of my day is making sure I'm investing in myself. I know that I have to dig out time to say, if this organization is going to work, I got to keep working on myself. Organizations that say, I just want you to be the best version of yourself. I want you to work hard because I believe in your skill sets and I believe in what you can do for this company. Those are the companies that are going to hire the most talent, the most passionate people, and in return are going to be the most successful. Yeah. I think our generation is demanding more at work and also politically. Final question. You once wanted to run for public office. Is that a decision that you would potentially weigh in the future or something that is on your mind? Mm, yeah, great. Another good question. So I, I was running for office at one point. There were some scenarios outside of my control that caused me to have to bow out. What were you running for? To be a state representative here in Colorado. The reason that I'm interested is because I, you know, one thing that has become uncomfortable for me to say, but there's one thing I want. And I understand that it's a, it plays a, a piece in my ego. And, and so I, I, I'm trying to conceptualize all that together and make sure this is the right decision. But I want to leave a legacy. And I, and I want to leave a legacy um, that is a legacy of me giving more than I take from this world. And one of the ways that I think I can give back is by being in public office. I think it is a way to have a platform to share and to speak. And you can motivate others as well. Exactly. Motivate others and, and just tell people, hey, you matter, you're known, you're cared for. And 
let's drop all of this political mumbo jumbo aside and just say, what do you need? What do you want? What do you desire? So the same thing that we do for Humanity and Hope when we enter into community, I would love to do as a, as a public service is just to sit down with Americans and say, what do you need? What do you desire? What do you dream of? What do you want? And how, as a country, can we help you get there? And I think it's that simple. Like, I know we want to make it really difficult. And I know there's a thousand things now that go on beyond the scenes there. But those are the questions that we need to start asking. And we need to start asking without an agenda, without any type of, well, the party needs this or my boss needs this. It's it just if you to want be to be that complex, it doesn't have to be as complex. And so, yes, I, I think I would weigh that again. I think complex. it is something I'm interested in. I also know that right now, generous is something I don't want to sacrifice to do that. And I'm not at a place to do that. I need to keep that commitment until we're at a place where then I can um, maybe step a step out and start to venture into some other things I care about. So I don't know where that leads. I don't know when or where or how that goes. I don't know if I'll ever end up doing it. But it feels like generous is kind of already doing it. And we might as well formalize it a little bit. You'll figure it out. We all do. Yeah, exactly. Ben, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me about all of this. Really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. And I hope that you you don't forget that idea of potentially running for office. Vice President Biden paraphrases this quote from Plato, but it's the price that good men pay for not caring about their government is being ruled by evil men. That's completely relevant to what we're talking <clears throat> about and something I think to keep in mind moving forward. That's incredible. I mean, it is. I mean, I think there's, there's something to be said, you know, because of my faith, there is this calling or this um, commandment that I feel like I have to say, step up, to speak out, to love well, to love fiercely, to serve and to sacrifice for the, the well-being of others. And I think there are men and women in this world that will just absolutely, I think there's men and women in this generation that will lead way beyond anything we've ever imagined. And I'm excited to be a part of that. I don't want to not be a part of that, I guess is my thing. When I say legacy, I want to be a part of that movement. I want to be a part of this wave and this ride. I don't want to die one day and say, I, I didn't try. Waves of positive change. And that's what Generous is doing and you're helping make those. So thank you, Ben. And thank you for coming on 24 The People. Thank you so much. Subscribe, rate, and review 24 The People on Apple Podcasts to enter to win two bags of generous coffee. Visit generousmovement.com to order your coffee directly. You can also take 10% off on Generous Movement using the code 24ThePeople and follow generous underscore coffee underscore on Instagram to stay up to date with the latest on Generous International. To learn more about 24 The People, visit our website at 24thepeople.com. You can also follow along with us on Instagram and Twitter at the number 24thepeople. Listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts to enter the giveaway. My name is Sophia Sokolovsky, and until next time.